Leprosy is a terrible disease. It was a terminal condition, but thank goodness now it's mostly eradicated around the world. It still happens in some developing countries, but is, from what I'm told, very treatable now with antibiotics. But in the time of Jesus, it was a long, slow, awful way to die. And while the physical death took a long time, the social death was immediate. As soon as a person was diagnosed, their families would basically kick them out. They'd have to leave their family, the community, society, and, leave on, and live on their own or live with others who had leprosy. And not only were they viewed as contagious, which they were, and therefore dangerous, they were also seen as cursed. Clearly, God was punishing them for something that they had done in their lives, and this was their, uh, the result of their evil deeds, whatever it happened to be. And that would also leave the person with leprosy wondering themselves, why am I cursed? What have I done? I must, God must be angry with me, punishing me for some reason. So they internalized that feeling or that idea that they were being cursed by God. And then to top it off, according to the law of Leviticus, when a person with leprosy came into any you know, space, public space where other people who didn't have leprosy happened to be, they'd have to shout out, unclean, unclean, to give people warning of their presence, their threatening presence, just by being in the same space. Can you imagine? Actually, I think we can. <laughs> Although there's no leprosy in the U.S. anymore, we still know all about treating people as unclean, as untouchable, as cursed, as contagious. Queer people have been stigmatized that way for ever. I don't think I have to uh, outline the long, tragic, and terrible history of how gay, lesbian, bisexual, trans people have not only been marginalized, but also targeted viewed as threatening, as dangerous, as diseased. As you may know, there's a huge backlash going on right now against the queer community. We can't say, they, we, people in Florida can't say gay in elementary schools at this moment. Students with gay parents can't talk about that fact of their lives. Teachers who are gay can't talk about their parent, their partner, or their sexual or gender identity. All because there is a fear that it might be contagious, that children might catch it. Mm -mm -mm. The HIV AIDS epidemic was another wave of stigmatizing people as unclean, as untouchable, as threatening. Because at first it mostly impacted gay men. It was known as the gay cancer. Some of us might remember that. Things have changed a bit, but the stigma and lots of misunderstanding about HIV remain. People experiencing homelessness are also treated at, like lepers, as unclean, as untouchable, as those that we might need to avoid or be worried about or afraid of. You know, in the early 1990s, a century ago, <laughs> I was volunteering in an overnight shelter for people that lived on the streets 
and uh, who needed a place to be when it got too cold. And that night, a fight broke out. Two guys got into it. I can't remember why or over what, but one guy got pretty beat up and bloodied up, and the other guy took off. And while we were waiting for the ambulance and the police to show up, we were wondering how we could help this person who was quite injured and, and bleeding and so forth. And one of the staff people said, don't touch him, don't touch him. <sighs> I mean, sure, that, that's just good basic medical advice. We shouldn't be interacting with blood, but did we really need to further stigmatize this person as untouchable in that, in that moment? Then there's COVID-19, during which we all quickly learned, at least in the beginning, stages and year to treat everybody as a potential source of contagious and maintain our distance. And when infected, if you got infected, we got a temporary experience of stigmatization and isolation that comes from being positive. Having to quarantine today is basically like yelling out, unclean, unclean, keep your distance. Fortunately, that's only temporary. We could also put monkeypox in the same category. It, it might even be more like leprosy than anything else because it actually is a skin affliction. So yeah, leprosy gone. Treating people like lepers thriving. In Jesus' day, when people would deliberately avoid those who had leprosy and would cross to the other side of the street if they heard somebody calling out unclean. They weren't doing it to be cruel or to be mean. They were doing it to protect themselves, to protect their family. They were doing it in the name of public health, practicing good social distancing in their day, except Jesus. Jesus was not a good role model of social distancing when it came to stigmatized people, whether they were diseased in body or marginalized for some other reason. Which is why I find it really strange that many Christians in our country believe that God, in order to maintain holiness, must therefore practice social distancing from human uncleanliness, from human depravity, from just human humanity. One definition of holiness is that God must remain separate. Holy, one definition is separateness. And so God must keep God's distance from humanity and all that goes on with humanity, which I suppose makes sense that politics, a politics of fear and separation flows from this theology. Because sociology always flows from our theology. And so if we're seeing something of an overlap there, well, Perhaps that is uh, easy to see and understand. However, a God who maintains distance from humanity cannot be the God of Jesus because Jesus had no trouble getting close and interacting with people who were untouchable due to their health status or their social status or both. Jesus was drawn to people in pain. Instead of moving away, Jesus moved towards people in pain. He was the original first responder. He always found himself in close proximity to people 
who are hurting. That's really good news. In fact, that is the good news. So if you're in pain today, which I think would describe all of us to some degree, because to be human is to have some experience of pain, whether it's really raw for you right now or it's more contained, Jesus draws near. That's the good news of our faith. He's right there with us in the very place of our pain. Now, sometimes I I suspect we wonder if that's really true. We might wonder if the opposite is true. Like people with leprosy back in the day when we are in pain, when we are hurting, when we are targeted simply for being ourselves, we might wonder if God has abandoned us. We might wonder if we are cursed, that God must keep distant from our human complexities and messiness and all that when in fact nothing could be more distant from the truth. The wonderful twist of this story is that the one guy who got it and came back to thank Jesus, that guy not only had leprosy, he was also a Samaritan. Samaritans were the underclass in the time of Jesus, which means he was doubly stigmatized, doubly marginalized. He was a leper and he was a Samaritan. Today, we might call that intersectionality, which is when oppression is layered by more than one identity, more than one experience, meaning you are gay and you are HIV positive. You are black and you are female. You are an immigrant and you are deaf. You are a Muslim with a headscarf who uses a wheelchair. The guy who said thank you was like that. He was nationally, religiously, physically other. The other nine, those who had the right religion, the right nationality, for them, the healing might have only been skin deep. Sometimes the more marginalized we are, the more marginalized a person is, the more likely they are to get it, to really get God's grace, which is why Christianity tends to thrive more among underdogs than among elites. Jesus drew near to the targeted and marginalized because he himself was marginalized and targeted. The good news of the cross, well, that's interesting. The good news of the cross is that Jesus identifies totally with those of us who are victimized and marginalized. So today, as our church marches in the Atlanta Pride Parade, we are embodying this very message. We're offering a welcoming, embracing, healing message to those the church perhaps has treated and continues to treat erroneously like lepers. Of course, pride is not about victimhood and stigma. It's about celebrating humanity, God's creation in all of its diversity, in all of its expansiveness, in all of its beauty. What we do in this space is 
important, particularly on a day like this. But if you want to encounter how the Spirit is moving in Atlanta right now, you'll see it happening on Peachtree Street, on 10th Street, and afterwards in Piedmont Park. For us, this is a glorious and sacred opportunity to express, hey, God sees you. God loves you as you are and embraces us all. Amen. Ashe. Namaste.